Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today. This is NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast, and I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima Magin. Last week, we've discussed one of the main negative aspects normally associated with Japan, which is its vulnerability to frequent natural disasters, more specifically earthquakes. And we've tried to cover readiness, early warning, um, insurance coverage, uh, compensation, and recovery from such events from a landlord's and property investor's point of view. Today, we're going to discuss yet another uh, negative topic that's frequently associated with Japan and is of equal concern to property investors operating here, and that's the subject of population decline. Now, we've touched upon this briefly in previous episodes when we discussed the pros and cons of investing in the world's second biggest property investment market, and also when we touched on investment strategies. So today we're going to go into that topic in a bit more detail, try to understand what exactly is happening and how that's affecting us as investors. So to summarize the most popular concern, um, let me just quote a question that we've received from someone who's been following our content for quite some time. It goes like this. There are discussions about Japan becoming extinct due to declining birth rates. There is also talk that a number of properties have been abandoned in rural areas due to non-occupation as the aged pass away and the young move to Tokyo. Is the government doing something about it before it affects property prices? Okay, so a few distinct topics in there. Let's try to break that down. First, the population decline itself, or as one university professor put it in his research, the danger of extinction. It is true that Japan's population is in fast decline, and the reasons for that are the subject of much debate. Some believe it's due to a social problem, which stems from the fact that the Japanese are quite socially awkward and shy, and as a result, many of them don't form relationships or get married, which obviously leads to diminishing birth rates. Another reason that's been quoted a fair bit is the lack of female life satisfaction, and more specifically relationship satisfaction. Japan is a very traditional society in Western terms, but isn't shut off from the rest of the world, nor does it um, legally or practically limit women's rights. So women who aren't satisfied with their prospects as mothers or baby-making machines are in fact able to choose not to be in relationships or have babies, which many of them actually do. Another, another reason could be the cost of living, which is quite high in comparison with wages, which also leads to couples making a conscious choice of limiting their family size. Um, overwork, particularly for men, also plays a huge part. And lastly, the deep-rooted fear of assimilation, which manifests in strict immigration policies. And that in turn prevents any population growth as a result of immigration. So compounded factors here, all leading to the bottom line, which again is that Japan's population is in rapid decline. Extinction, however, is a big word. And even that particular research that we've mentioned earlier is talking about potential extinction by the year 3000. Once more, the year 3000. Now, do you assume that nothing in the social, economical, and demographic characteristics of any society will change in the course of 1000 years is, to put it mildly, quite a ridiculous assumption. All we need to do is... Um, Go back and look at some predictions from 1,000 years ago, um, as one commentator put it, and see how accurate assumptions made in the year 1,018 turned out to be, uh, to realize how unreliable this type of projection is probably destined to be. So it is true that the population here is in a downwards trend, and it's also true that this, but not only this, and we'll get to that in a moment, 
does lead to an increasing number of abandoned or vacant family homes, not only the countryside and rural areas, but even in major cities such as Tokyo and Osaka. However, and that's a big however, this isn't the only reason for the large number of abandoned properties. The second reason is the change in mindset that Japanese society has gone through as it became more modernized. In the past, in fact, right up until the late 70s, the typical scenario um, for families here in Japan was large families with three or even four generations all living together under the same roof in a large house in the suburbs of big cities or in the countryside. Young people will leave their homes and move to the big city to find work and a life partner and then move back, typically with men taking their wives to live with their now elderly parents in the old family home. Now, as Japanese society became more modernized, young people prefer to stay in the city or close enough to it to make commuting and life more convenient. Furthermore, Japanese women refused and are still refusing to take on the roles of modern-day servants to their husbands' families. And the move towards a more granular family unit of mother, father, and a small number of children made condominium life, or mansion life as it's called here, far more attractive to the vast majority of people. That, coupled with the high cost of demolition and removal of old homes anywhere in the country, has led to many of these old family homes being left to slowly rot away as parents pass away, and as their daughters and sons continue their lives in the centers of larger metropolitan centers. Official popular published residential statistics in Japan, however, don't actually distinguish in most cases between condominiums or houses, nor do they easily distinguish between older or newer residences. And so when added up, the numbers do paint a far grimmer picture than reality portrays of an ever-increasing number of abandoned residences all over the country. The government, by the way, is now trying to tackle this problem by levying higher taxes on old homes left unoccupied and also by partly subsidizing uh, the cost of demolition and removal of these residences in a hope to reinvigorate potential rebuilds and re-realization of older land plots. But this has only been announced and enacted in the last couple of years, so it'll most likely take at least a few more years before any real progress can be measured, in this regard at least. As far as property prices go, however, this really doesn't have any effect, or at least doesn't have any effect on the types of properties that are popular for investment or even for residential living purposes, which again these days are either condominium flats or newly built houses in central and suburban areas of big cities. These properties are still trending upwards when the economy is growing and will most likely continue to do so for decades to come since the depopulation of more rural areas just means population growth in larger metropolitan areas, which is where people move to when their old villages or townships die out, which is what we're experiencing in Japan these days. The upside, though, from an investor's point of view is that these old houses and land parcels in outlying rural or semi-rural areas are very affordable as opposed to properties in bigger cities and for anyone considering buying a property for their own personal use or for short-term stay purposes um, such as a guest house or leased holiday home there are unbelievably cheap bargains to be had all over the country on these old houses which many people take advantage of for more hands-off investors though who are focused on easy long-term rental leases Condominiums or offices in city centers or convenient areas are the more popular asset class. 
And as far as residential properties go, the fact that many Japanese these days remain single for life means that one or two bedroom apartments are in most cases the ones most easy to populate when they become vacant. There are simply huge numbers of young, middle-aged and elderly singles who are always looking for a good and cheap place to rent. And that, until Japan tackles its population decline issues, either by increasing immigration or increasing birth rates, is the strategy that most of us who invest in residential properties here will continue to pursue as far as the eye can see. That's it from us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of NTI's Japan Real Estate Property Investment Podcast. Do feel free to comment or send us a message if there's any topic you'd like us to cover more extensively. And please also feel free to subscribe or to share our content if you found it interesting. And until next time, happy investing.